welcome to the Stuff and Junk Show, where we share our opinions on random subjects from interesting news, social topics, pop culture, our likes and dislikes, things you've seen, heard, or read, to what we did and what we do. You know, Stuff and Junk. Hello, my name is Albert. Why am I supposed to speak at half speed too? What are we doing? Uh, half speed? What are you talking about? What are we about? doing here, man? What's going on here? I have man? no idea. Oh, why you sound like Who a white are dude? You? Why you sound like a white dude? All right. <laughs> it's it's on me. Hi. How's it going? Hey, uh, so, so as of last episode, if you remember, if you listened. I, I don't because I wasn't here. Because you weren't here. Uh, we did start our uh, decades of the 2010. Uh, what's I'm looking for? Recap, yeah. Uh, what the best retros- of, or the favorite retrospective of. kind yeah. of thing. Last week, me and Ruthie did the the TV shows of the 2010s. This week, me and John Meng are going to be doing the movies. We're going to talk about our favorites from 2010s, or John Meng will call it uh, the best of. <laughs> yeah, I call it the best of. I must say best of because I'm, I'm very studi and you know what I mean. <laughs> He's very studi. Yeah. We're not doing we're not doing a top ten list. We're not doing a top twenty list. We're just going to talk about the movies that we like from the 2010s and, and whatnot. And then on the top of the episode. We're going to talk about, uh, what's the movie again? The Irishman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Hold on a second. I still need to finish it. I started on Thanksgiving Day. I still haven't finished it. I think I have another 10 hours to, to, to go before I, uh, before I finish it. Yes. So, uh, so, give me a second. Give me a minute. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it's a very, long movie. That's, that's, very, that's very funny, Jeremy. It's a long, it's a long movie. Well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Movie. So, 2010s. The 2010s uh, of movies. Go. Oh, being first? Thoughts. Thoughts. Oh, I'm going to say... Because uh, you, you kind of went over a good amount of lists already, right? Yeah. I, you have a broad idea of what 2010 right. was. I I, uh, I googled, like, just to start my list, I kind of googled uh, best of 2010s, right? You know what I mean? Right. Just to kind of, like, refresh my memory, like, all the movies that, that, came, that came out during the decade. And for the most part, I realized I haven't actually watched that, that many movies. You know what I mean? Either that or the search engines are, like, you know, being linked to, like, movie uh, critics and stuff. So, mm-hmm. the, so those top 10... A list are a little, a little bit snooty, a little, you know, a little uh, European, you know, independent and stuff like that. So, oh, sure, sure. You know what I mean? And so from there, I still just, then I used Wikipedia, you know what I mean? And then from there, I did a lot of soul searching. Can I just remember what I, what I, what I saw in the 2010s and stuff like that? You know what I mean? So I just started jotting it down. And over the course of, kind of over a few days, a few weeks, I would kind of revise it. You know what okay. I mean? I, I was telling Albert earlier, like, I, I, at one point I realized I have too many white dudes on here. You know what I mean? Not enough, too many white dudes. That white shouldn't directors. affect your choices. It's, yeah, it's fine. It's, but I, 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 I uh, I'd say my list is good, but I don't think it's great because, like I said, I didn't watch. It seems like I didn't watch that many movies over the last ten years and stuff. But I, and I think that's due to you know Twitter, social media, cutting into my time and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, but I have a list. I have a list. And the other thing about my list, I just want to mention is I try to cover a wide spectrum. I try to, you know what I mean, not just like independent movies or serious movies or mainstream movies. I try to cover like all the different genres, like comedy, musical, that sort of thing. You know what I mean. That's the other thing. Yeah. yeah, I'm not doing any of that. I'm mm-hmm. looking at my, my my list on Voodoo. Yeah, there you go. Basically, if if I like a movie enough, I must have bought it. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at my Voodoo list, sure. and I'm just gonna go from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't really tell you what my, 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 my number one favorite movie of the 2010s are, and mm-hmm. this is surprising to me because I didn't even realize it came out 2010, but it came out exactly on August 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. That is my number one. It's a great movie. If I was ranking anything. Right, but I'm oh. not going to rank anything, but that is my number one. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, it was very underrated when it came out. A lot of people didn't want to watch it because it starred uh, Michael Cera, and there was a little bit of a bias That's there. fair, that's fair, actually, that's fair. That's a fair, but, uh, fair, fair reason not to watch it. Yeah. But it's, it, it's, it's probably, like, the best movie about video games. It's yes. probably the best movie based on, like, a comic book, in a mm-hmm. sense. 
I don't know. There, there was a lot of things I liked about Scott Pilgrim versus the world. It's inventive. It's clever. It's smart. Yeah. Like you said, it's probably, I think it's probably one of the two or three best representations of a translation from comic book, pure translation from a comic book panel to movies and stuff like that. Right. It's br- it's brilliant. I love it. It's one of my favorite movies. It's actually on my alter- alternative list. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Because, uh, like I said, I tried to break things down to categories, and the Scott Pilgrim category would have been the comic book category, you know, the comic book movie category and stuff like yeah. that. I would like to say that the the first batch of movies on my Voodoo that started in 2010 is our Kick-Ass, Iron Man 2, Toy Story 3, Inception, and Batman uh, Under the Red Hood, plus Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of those movies, Scott Pilgrim rules them all. I mean, I'm not even going to put Toy Story 3 on my list. That's my you most favorite of the, of the decade. Mm-hmm. Although I did buy it, so clearly yeah. I liked it. It's a great lot. movie. I mean, same thing with Inception. I'm, I'm not going to put that on my on my top favorite because as, as much as I like the movie, you know, once in a while I kind of... Forget it exists. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love Inception. It's also all my alternative list. Okay, uh, Inception is. But uh, speaking of Scott Pilgrim, that slot I gave to I cheated a little bit. That slot I gave to Infinity War slash Endgame. You know what I mean? It is a cheat. Yeah, yeah it is a cheat. But it, it they're kind of companion pieces. And the reason why I put those two movies on the list is I think we both agree this decade, especially the second half of the decade, was dominated by Marvel. You know what I mean? Right. Mar- the, it's the biggest movie franchise by far. I think and it's not only the biggest movie franchise; it's probably the biggest franchise of the decade. You know, oh, what no, I mean? it is. It is. Yeah. It, by, by money wise, it is, and the yeah. MCU is the biggest money maker. Not even just in terms of money, in terms of just awareness, in terms of pop culture, in terms oh, sure. of you know what I mean, just general awareness and stuff like that. Remember, we started the decade with uh, I think Captain America. Iron Man Avengers. Two, actually. Oh, oh, like you said, Iron Man Two is the first Yikes. one. Yeah, yeah. So that's where we started. But by the end of the decade. You see uh, pop culture references to the MCU movies all over the place. You know what I mean? I remember I was traveling, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, somewhere. And I was watching like a newscast somewhere. And then they, they made like a Thor reference because it was like thunderstorms. You know what I mean? My point is the, the MCU has sort of popular, uh, has penetrated our culture like never, like nothing we have before. And I think uh, those two movies is sort of like the best representation of the dominance. You know what I mean? And it's smart, and it's clever, and it's br- it's really well done. Why and not? Movie. Why not the first Avengers? Not Captain America the first Avenger, but yeah, Avengers by Joss Whedon. <coughs> I think these two are the most ambitious. You know what I mean? In terms of of uh, Infinity War has where Thanos is the lead in that one. It's his story. I think that's really ambitious. That's really different. And I think Endgame wraps up like ten years, twenty two movies of worth of storylines and stuff, like that, and also pushing the story forward and stuff like that. I think that's what stand, sets it apart from the from the other movies, the other MCU movies. You know what I mean? And that's why I think it deserves to be on the list. I think an MCU movie definitely be, deserves like any list and stuff like that. Just uh, in terms, just not in terms of quality, but just impact it has on the popular culture and stuff. Oh, sure, sure. For me, actually, it would be Captain America: Civil War. Mm, sure. You know, it is like the first real team up, so to speak, that mm-hmm. isn't Avengers movie. Right. And plus, it includes Spider-Man to the MCU. Yeah, you know, I think for me that's what I that, that's what sticks with me most of the MCU movies was Captain America: Civil War, uh, the first Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a, was a was a seminal kind of movie where it was it introduces people to a team up of superheroes yeah. that isn't like Justice League. But you I know. do feel like it's it's those early movies, Civil War, and uh, those uh, uh, first Avengers movies is uh, what called, planting the seeds that 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 got really paid off. By Infinity Gauntlet and uh, Infinity War and uh, Endgame. My argument there is that Infinity War and Endgame, to me, felt like big budgeted season finales as mm-hmm. opposed to movies. Yeah. 
But, you know, you can't deny that the snap was such a, yeah. a pop culture kind of phenomenon kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, yeah, those, those, those movies definitely deserve to be on a list. Not mine. It wouldn't be on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my next pick would ought to introduce people with is actually probably, I think I already said Captain America's Civil War, huh? But let's see. Going down my, my, my voodoo list here. Cabin in the Woods. That came out in 2010s. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good movie. Uh, it is pretty much um, deconstruction of the horror movie genre. Mm-hmm. The movie itself is not, I would say, scary, but but it's so much fun to watch. Yes, Cabin in the Woods. That that's definitely on my list of one of the my favorites of 2010s. I'm looking at my list. I don't have one that's comparable to Cabin in the Woods necessarily. So I'll just go down what's next on my list. It's Mad Max Fury Road. Mad Max Fury Road just kicks. It just it just rocks and stuff like that. I I remember I distinctly remember seeing it in the theater. I was it was the most energetic, the most uh, pulse pounding movie I've seen. It's I think it's brilliant. It's 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 an action movie, but it tells a very uh very very uh, uh meaningful and subtle story about man versus nature and stuff like that, about yin yang and stuff like that. It's really good. I love it. It's great. It's great uh, action. It's one of those movies where you just go. I don't know how they filmed that. Is that CGI? Is that is that shot practically? I don't know how they did it. You know what I mean? And the fact that, uh, what do you call it? What's his name? Jordan Miller did it when he was like 71, 72. Mm-hmm. Makes it that much more amazing. It's great. It's great performances by Charlie Theron. And what's his name? Uh, Matt uh, Bain. He, Bain was great in it too and stuff like that. He's great. Uh, I recognize that Mad Max Fury Road is a great movie. It wouldn't be on my list. Because uh, of top favorites of the you're a horrible person. Yeah. You know, but, and I'm looking at my list actually. There's a lot, actually, a lot I, I would not count as my top favorites. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of them will be Wreck It Ralph. I actually really like the first Wreck It Ralph. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I mentioned Scott Pilgrim was a video game movie, but Wreck It Ralph is. You a would video put that on your list? Movie. I would put uh, Wreck It Ralph on my list. Is that, what, is that your second pick? That, well, is this, he's my third pick, really. He's my third pick, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I, I jumped around because Civil War or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, Wreck It Ralph. I would put Wreck It Ralph on my list, totally. You're, you're and, and, that, and that's a movie that came out in 2013. I don't even have one for 2011 and 2012. Yeah. You know, we're not going year by year. I, I know some I am. go year I by am. year. Let's not do that. Yeah, yeah, you don't need one. You may me. not. I'm yeah. going to do that. Yeah. No. Uh, so it's Rocket easier Ralph. for me. I love Rocket Ralph. I can't really say anything that I'm bad about it. I'm going to it. Yeah. My only thing is uh, my uh, that slot... Uh, I would I would I put in an animated movie and I would put into the Spider Verse. Oh 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 oh! Uh, I would like to say Wreck-It Ralph was the, probably the I think the first movie I used Movie Pass with. Oh okay. So there's that too. Oh R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Movie Pass. But uh, jumping ahead, Spider-Man into the Spider Verse is in my top favorites of as course. well. If not, if not the favorite, but I think it might or the best. I think Into Spider Verse is just brilliant. It's just it you is. Know what I mean? It is, and and I think. This was the first movie that we share on our list together. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Although we jumped around Spider Verse. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. I yes. mean, people have said, uh, all, you know, it only came out like a year ago and some of that. Yeah, a year so, ago, yeah. Everybody has discussed it to death. It's brilliant. It's smart. It's funny. It's, 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 it's just, it has the best end credit sequence of all time, some of the funniest and some of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's brilliant. It's, uh, it's, it's the best. Yeah, into the Spider Verse. Uh, I'm going to toss in Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim is one of the first movies I saw where where giant robots could actually be Fair like, enough. hey, this looks actually really good. Yeah. You know, you see a lot of like movies from from back in the day where giant robots look like fake giant robots. Mm-hmm. This one it was the first one where I'm like, ooh, we can finally have real giant robot movies. Oh, it's, I would say this is one of the most underrated movies of the decade. I would say, that. yeah, I'll do it too. It's one of Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro's best movies. You're mm-hmm. right. The giant robots smashing each other. The weight. 
of each robot as they smashing each other. It's nothing like you ever seen and stuff like that. Right. It's brilliant. The only downside, the only negative I have about that movie is the two leads are boring. <laughs> the Fair two enough. leads are have no chemistry together and stuff like that. I'm not even talking about like romantic chemistry. It's just like basic chemistry. You know what I mean? Uh, they're, just, they're just not very good. I would call them anime characters. Yeah. Because a lot of anime characters... You, you, That's disrespecting anime characters. No, 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 no. Because a lot of the TV shows, the anime, you're going to introduce to an anime character, but you don't know too much about them. Just enough. Mm-hmm. But as the series goes, yeah. you get to like them even more. Yeah. Pacific Rim only had one movie with these characters. I would say Charlie Hullum is not a movie star. <laughs> so like, he, I'm not saying movie star. I'm saying like, you know, the character no, no of... No charm, no charisma. They're, they're, they're bad. Well, they're, he got, he's got Idris Alba too. Idris Alba is To great. carry the weight. Yes. I, I, every time I see Idris Alba, I go, you know what? I, 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 I want him to yell. I, I, we're here to cast an apocalypse or whatever the cast line is. It's great. Idris Alba is great in that movie, but the two leads, the Japanese girl and Charlie Hunnam, Thumbs down. Yeah, okay. 2013 seems to be like a year that I actually have a lot of favorites, but go on with your. Go on oh, with you. My next one. Oh, you know what? This is this is where things take a dramatic turn. A Tree of Life. Tree of oh Life. Oh my gosh. Tree, Tree of, of life. life is not. Actually, Tree of Life, I think, Into the Spider-Verse, that might be the top two. They might buy. You they love might Tree buy of Life that much. It's, it's just fantastic. It's just. You know, I never saw that movie. You should watch it. I should watch it. You're and, right. In, in total. And as a total confession and stuff like that, there are parts of this movie where I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. There are parts of this movie where I actually got bored and stuff like that. You know? There's parts of this movie where I, I think I stopped. I ate lunch. I came back and watched it. There are parts of it where I was like, I don't know what's going on. But anyway, it, but the parts that the work, the parts that, that are, uh, it's it's amazing. You know what I mean? It reminds me of 2001 where it's a movie where it's so ambitious. and You know what I mean? It just tries to answer the most basic questions of life, you know what I mean? Why we're here, how our memories work and stuff like that. And it, it also connects not only our life, but all the previous lives that, that have come before on this planet, including the dinosaurs. That's why the dinosaurs are there and stuff like that. And there's just shots and moments that are so beautiful and elegant and lovely. There are moments you're just, where... You're just, you're just describing the trailer pretty much. Yeah, but it's... it's no spoilers, because I, I actually do eventually... There's no plot. It. There's no plot to trailer life, though. There's no plot. There's no real plot and stuff like that. You just, you just, it's just something to experience. I'll be the judge of that. Yeah, it's just beautiful. There are moments where, like genuine beauty and grace and love. It's just it's just love. It, I actually got teared up a couple of times watching it. But like I said... On the flip side, the points are like, I don't know what's going on. It's weird. This is kind of weird. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like kind of weird. But anyway, it's 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 brilliant though. I can't. It's just genius. The cinematography is beautiful. The acting is beautiful. And the, it's 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 a beautiful movie. Tree of Life. Big thumbs up for me. Okay. Yeah. Um, another another movie from 2013 that's gonna be my favorite list of 2010s is About Time, starring uh, uh Dom- Rachel McAdams and Seriously? Donald Gleeson. I really like this movie. It's a yeah. really cheesy kind of movie. Love story, but it's got a time travel element to it, and I think I really like how they played around with the time travel and the romance thing. We're talking about we're talking about the, the, the my favorites of the decade. Are you sure? Yes. I'll give you another couple of minutes to think about. You, it. You, you watch about time, right? You watch this movie? Yes. Yes. I watched five minutes of it, and then I gave it. No, it's time. so much better than this five minutes. I gave it five minutes. And I said, you know what? I, that's too much time. I gave it. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I love Richard uh, Curtis, uh, though. Jokes, I, jokes. You know what I mean? I love, uh, but no. It's not for me. I liked About Time mm-hmm. quite a lot. This is one of those movies where throughout the decade, you'll hear me recommend it to people who are looking for a movie to watch. This is true. I do remember over the years, you've, you you said, uh, what do you call it? About you Time. Sh- you should watch About Time. I, I think that's the reason why I gave it five minutes. I think I was like, oh, no. Watch more. Watch more. Oh, okay, go on. What's, what's next on uh, your thing? Since you have it on the screen, I'm going to mention it right now. This is the slot I gave to the best comedy and stuff like that. And it's 21 Jump Street. Oh, yeah. I, 21. I can you can put 21, put 22 together. It's brilliant. I, I think 22 is better than 21. I, 
22, it might be funny. It has one of the funnier. Funnier. 22 is funnier than 21. The, I just rewatched both of them actually two nights ago. Yeah. 22, had, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a scene between what a Schmidt and Ice Cube's character. The the thing, yeah. And then, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Channing Tatum's reaction to it. Yes, yes. I'm thinking the same thing. Yes, it's yes. the funniest thing ever. <laughs> so you can put 21, 22 in the same slot. It's fine. Yeah. And I just love these. This is the best comedy. It's the best... I wrote this down. This is a this is a movie that Hollywood always tries to make every year, every two years. I'm talking Baywatch. I'm talking Chips. I'm talking about Starsky and Hutch, Charlie's Angels, sort of these kind of remakes, that kind of comedy action movies. But they never work. You know what I mean? But this one worked, and it's and it's the uh, and it's also an example of the what do you call it? Lord and Miller formula, where it's kind of a meta take on the material, right? But they also gen, but they but they treat the characters with a sincerity, and they give the stories an arc. You know what I mean? It's like they comment on whatever it is, but they give the characters an arc out of that 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 stereotype or that or that uh, trope. You know what I mean? Right. That's why that's why I think really works for them, and I think that's why Twenty One Twenty Two Jump Street is so brilliant. You know what I mean? It's it's big thumbs up. It's one of the best com- it's the best to me it's the best comedy of the decade so big thumbs up well to be fair 21 jump street came out exactly when because that yeah, I don't, 2012 i think that when is 2012 you're right yeah. you're right mm-hmm. uh for me i'm just gonna put 22 jump street so this, this is sure. the second movie that we share on the same list sure 22 jump street yeah as you said funny ass movie really funny yeah. funny but going the back- yang brothers <laughs> going, going, going back yeah. to 2013 because i'm not done in 2013 oh my gosh her Okay. I loved her, okay. Walking Phoenix, and Scarlett Johansson's voice. Um, it was really good. It was it was the the first movie where it really it was the first indie movie about like smartphones and whatnot and AI and all that stuff. I thought it was such a beautiful movie, and and yeah, I loved her. No comment here because I didn't watch her. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it yet. All right. What's I'll up? take your word for it. Okay, go ahead. Next movie, I'm gonna go with Life of Pi. What do you think of that? Life by is a great movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's not, it wouldn't be on my favorite list, but yeah, that's yeah. a great movie. To me, uh, Life of Pi. It's uh, we talked about this. Well, I feel like uh, movies are just sort of metaphors for real life. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. there's stories about real life, and you know what I mean. And to me, uh, Life of Pi has the most simple, the most elegant uh, metaphor there is. You know, you're born with parents. They instill you some values and virtues. They try to teach you some lessons, and then you just get thrown into the ocean. You know what I mean? You just get tossed into the world and you have to figure out things for yourself. You have to survive. You know what I mean? And that's, to me, the metaphor of pie of life. You know what I mean? Pie of life? Pie of What did I say? Life of pie. Life of pie. Life of pie. I meant dyslexia (laughs) and stuff like that. So to me, that's why why I found uh, Life of Pie so movie and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a a really beautiful movie. I think I may have... I may have given my favorite movie of the year, if not that, or the second one Mm -hmm. for the year it came out. What year did it come out? Oh, it's a 2012 movie. 2012 movie. Okay. 2012 movie. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm at 2014 now. Skipping, oh yeah, yeah. X Men: Days of Future stop, Past. Stop it, Brian Singer. Stop it. Be damned. Stop but it. But this is the most fan service X Men movie that I got for comic book fans stop like myself, it. and I quite enjoyed it. I lo- I enjoy this movie a lot, but stop it. Yeah, favorites. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm gonna think of a movie from the X Men franchise, this is it. Not counting Logan, but uh, not counting Deadpool either. No, not Colin yeah. Deadpool. Didn't you tell the truth? I'm not going to put Deadpool in my favorites. Right. I enjoy Deadpool as much, but I don't think fondly of that movie in that sense. But Days of Future Past, I do. Like, it's one of the seminal comic book stories from the X-Men universe. And then in the, as, a, as a movie, I think it's pretty pretty damn well done, too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to put it there. All right. It's X-Men Days of Future Past. All right. Next on my list, 
because uh, I already used my uh, my comic book slot, comic movie slot. I'm gonna go with a movie called Get Out. Get okay. Out. Get Out by uh, what do you call it? Jordan, Jordan Peele. Peele and stuff like that. I think it's not only just a, a brilliant movie, uh, you know, mixing different genres such as commentary, horror movie. Not only has it one of the best scenes where, I, where I've ever seen, where at the end the girlfriend says holds a key out, and you know it's like it's a great moment and stuff like that. You know, but it's one of those movies where it's like everybody reference it now you know what i mean it's every, it's a movie that's penetrated the popular culture it's part of the lexicon it's part of the language anytime you see you know oh it's a movie that that's kind of like it's you see it so much now in real life you know what i mean that you weren't aware of it like just the other day i was watching i was reading the news where you know this wrestler couldn't wrestle until unless his uh his dreadlocks got cut and stuff like that it's just one of those movies where you just see it in real life and it just affects you you in real life because you're, you're always conscious of, of of a subject now. You know what I mean? Because I'm a, I'm just a shitty uh, Chinese guy, a Chinese, middle class Chinese guy. You know what I mean? I'm not aware of you know that much of you know. I don't have a lot of black friends. What I'm trying to say, you know what I mean? Okay. But be, because of this movie, not, I'm thinking about these issues more and more and stuff like that. So big thumbs up. Get out. Okay. Here's my next pick. Uh, next up for me, 2014 release, uh, Live Die Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow. I love my Groundhog's Day time loop stories. Sure. And this one is a fantastic it's one. Great, great sci-fi action movie. Uh, Tom Cruise is highly entertaining. Uh, Emily Blunt is is Brilliant. really good yeah. in it. Yeah, it, it's just pure fun. Yeah, I love this movie. Yeah, this would be uh, like on my alternative list and stuff okay. like that. The only thing I have a problem with "Live, Die, and Repeat" besides the fact it's not called uh, "Die Tomorrow" or well, "Edge of Tomorrow," "Edge of Tomorrow" and stuff like that. It's the fact that I have no idea why at the at the end when the, the no DP, spoilers. Oh, it gets it. Ends where it ends. It's the big, my big. Well, you know, there's, 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 they still want to do a sequel to this, right? Yeah, eventually. Good luck with that. And I read the, I read the manga that this is uh, adapted yeah. for, and I, I would actually probably say that the movie's better. So there. Oh, okay. Uh, big thumbs up. Yeah. It's a great movie. Great. I love it a lot. Go on. What's next on yours? No, oh, what's next on my list? If you have anything else. How much? Oh, I'll go with the best. Co- the the best. I have a musical on there. You want to guess the musical? Uh, the Lego Movie? No. <laughs> well, actually, maybe not be musical, but I, I, I'm considering a musical. It's a pop star. Never stop. Never. Oh pop yes, yes. Of course, yes. it's the great. It's one of those. It's everybody knows this now. Every, everybody when they talk, when they talk about like cult movies or underrated movies and stuff like that, they pop star. And I just rewatched it recently. Yeah. It's just so effing funny, so brilliant, so funny, and it speaks so much of today's culture. You know what I mean about social media and mm-hmm. all that stuff. You know what I mean? It's it's just brilliant. It's just big. It's just it's the best. Pop well, star. that's that's the third movie we share on our list. Oh, you're gonna. You, you're oh gonna yeah, have, I love pop star. Yeah. I, that's a movie that I also tend to recommend to anybody. Yeah. Like, hey, uh, you ever watch Pop Star? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know I, it's that's not one of the technically ones. a musical in the sense that the sing the the music doesn't isn't telling the story necessarily. It's just songs that the guy plays and stuff like that. Yeah. But the music I have it on my Google Music and stuff like that, and Mona Lisa Smile and the and the one about him uh, supporting gay rights, but he wants <laughs> yes. to make, he wants to make sure that he you know yeah. it's just it's brilliant, hilarious. I listen to it all the time now. Yeah. Big big thumbs up. Uh, it's brilliant. I, it's one of those movies where I just wish uh, it's kind of good and bad that I didn't make that much money because afterwards he had to go do Brooklyn Nine Nine, which is kind of brilliant. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. But, but the fact that I wish it was a bigger box office hit and stuff like that. Well, it's it's, it's brilliant. It's in the it's in the tradition of this is Spinal Tap, yeah. which is also a commercial failure, but yeah, very much a cult classic now. It's, a, it's I'm a spinal- really hoping Popstar does the same thing. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a Spinal Tap of our generation stuff. Like yeah, that, well, you know for mean? pop music. Yeah, Spinal Tap for metal. Yeah. Pop star never stop never stopping for pop music. Yeah. You know what? I have a controversial opinion right now. I've I've seen uh, 
Spinal Tap. Okay. I don't think it holds up. Really? Really? I haven't so, seen it in a while, so I haven't seen it. I, well, I, I saw it maybe in the early two thousands and stuff like that. But, but you I, never forget the references, though. I, of course, but that's yeah. only because everybody mentions it and stuff like that. But actually, in the movie, as the movie plays along, as you see the movie, I don't remember laughing that much. Okay, you fair enough. I mean? Pop star, but pop star, brilliant movie. Now I am a sucker for musicals uh, and modern musicals. Pop star, I'll count as a musical. Sure. Uh, in the twenty tens, I would say Begin Again. It's uh, oh, okay because I was a huge fan of Once, which came right. out two thousand and. Eight, I think, two thousand nine, and uh, so this is this is follow up as a musical, and uh, I love Begin Again. It's it's pretty much like Once, but it's not. Mark Ruffalo's great in it. Keira Knightley's great in it. Keira Knightley sings and sings her own songs in this one, you know, which she said that she will never do it live. I kind of wish they would, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a really lovely movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it a lot. It's one of the movies that I do tend to recommend to people to watch okay. as as the days go by. I haven't seen it, so I can't really say one way or the other. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. Yes. And uh, and the song, soundtrack, great. I, mm-hmm. I still hum along, sing along to it once mm-hmm. in a while. What's the next in your thing? Next on my list? Oh, did I mention? Uh, oh. Beginning is 2014. Oh, okay. So 2013, 2014 has some killer movies for me. Did I mention I'm not doing it in chronological order? <laughs> You're actually, I actually did the homework is what I'm saying. Okay. All, oh, right, okay. all right. All right. My slot. My next movie, the next kind of slot category I, I put is uh, best action movie. And it's Fast Five. It, whenever people tell me, ask me, like, what's an unrated masterpiece? Was a great movie. Fast Five is a legitimately great, great movie. It's fantastic. This movie just kicks. I'm not even a big fan of the Fast and Furious franchise and stuff like that. I don't going into the theater. I just knew it was kind of coming out. I remember this distinctly. It was a summer. I, I had nothing to do that day. I was like, oh, you know, what? I you know, I didn't hear anything about it. I thought I haven't seen like the first two or th- three or four Fast movies. Uh, Fast and Furious movie at the time. That I just walked in. I was just blown away by it it's just fantastic justin lynn all the practical effects the the third the third act action sequence through brazil when they're dragging that safe spoiler and stuff like that it's fantastic you know what i mean the rock is just kind of over the top uh uh just it's just amazing fast five best action movie of the decade movie of the decade it's great well if we're, if we're talking about like action movies of the decade mission impossible ghost protocol yeah that came uh, out in 2011. Yes. Oh, so I miss I miss a year. Yeah, 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, really like this movie. It's uh, the action sequences are fantastic. The Tom Cruise, Jackie Chan stunts work fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved uh, Ghost Ghost Protocol. I think so. Yeah, I love it. It's great. Uh, him. I'm, I have a fear of heights. So that sequence where in Saudi Arabia, uh, no wait, uh, Dubai. It's oh, yes. amazing. There's only a couple of plot points, stories that doesn't make any goddamn sense at all. In like, that, like, like the conclusion, I guess. Yeah. Well, in that <laughs> Dubai sequence, remember the guy does a mask reveal that adds nothing to the story? Doesn't mean anything? Doesn't oh, sure. Mean, it, well, they, they got to show the, the the villain character. Yeah, but so. what difference? Did it, it doesn't make any difference. Spoilers, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's some stuff that doesn't make sense of a story. That's the only kind of uh, downfall I have. Not that not that Fast Eyes a plot-driven, uh, airtight story, but you know what I mean? Right. But, I found actually the story is more enjoyable in Fast Five. And also, I forgot to mention in Fast Five, it's one it's one of the first Hollywood big studio movies where it's a very inclusive cast. You know what yeah, I mean? that's true. Very you, true. I don't know what Vin Diesel is, but there's Vin Diesel. There's the age, uh, the just uh, Justice for Lit, Justice for, uh, for Hun, for Hun and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Not Hun, Han, Han, yeah, Han, Han. Han. Han, And then there's Wonder <laughs> Woman's in there and stuff like Ludacris and all. It's it's a very inclusive cast. That's another thing that's I love about Fast Five. Uh, as a side suggestion, also Rogue Nation, uh, arguably also in my favorites. 
uh, Michelle Monion, uh, Michelle yeah. uh, Rebecca Ferguson is in this yeah. one, so that's a big plus for me oh, already. Know, let's just say this: Mission Impossible, the best action franchise of the decade, even more than probably John Wick. I agree. Uh, I actually agree to that. John Wick, best martial arts franchise. Well, there's the raid. Uh, what yeah. action movies? The only downside with John Wick is there's John Wick Two, which I like, but it's not great. But if you right. look at Mission Impossible, you got Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, and Fallout. You know what I mean? That's a killer's row of action. Well, well, since we're on the subject of John Wick, uh, I've been debating this. John Wick 2 for sure not on my list. Okay, I'm, I like it as well. Uh-huh. But I think that the, that stupid suit thing just kind of kills this, yeah. kills any tension. At one point, it's, it's, just, it's just video game. Yeah, which, video which, game. which they kind of fix a little bit in part three. Right. right? And plus, Doug, Doug, uh, Doug Fu, mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. Um, John Wick 1. My whole problem with John Wick 1 is that it felt like an 80s movie where mm-hmm. there's a slow build yeah. and then the action happens. But if I was to think about those three movies, I will probably think about John Wick one the most. I gotta give John Wick credit. I think so. I, I think the I think the action sequences in part three are better than one, mm-hmm. but one sticks sticks out in my head a lot. Mm-hmm. So I guess I gotta mention John Wick one. John Wick one definitely deserves to be on my list. Oh, it's on your it's on your list. It's going to my list. Okay, yes. All right. That's fair enough. Originally, I was gonna ignore it, and then maybe toss in three, but three has some fantastical moments where like yeah, it's a little over the top, but. John Wick 1, I think it's just a solid movie overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John Wick 1 deserves to be on my list. Speaking of John Wick, uh, I was going to put The Raid on this movie, yeah. on this list. I have but, The Raid in my collection as well. Right. The thing with The Raid is I realized, hey, you know what? It's a, it's a, it's a British guy that actually directed it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> the white guys and stuff like that. So then I thought, you know what? This, this is my segue, actually, to the best uh, the foreign movie slot. The foreign movie. So okay. then I thought, uh, maybe not The Raid. Maybe Train to Busan. Chain Busan is great and stuff like that. Yeah, it's good. Maybe it lacks a little bit of a gravitas. I don't have anything bad to say about uh, Chain Busan other than, you know, like I said, maybe just a little gravitas. So I'm just going to go with the best foreign movie of, of the decade is Parasite, which I just watched. It's, it's Are we it's, cheating? Because we weren't going to mention 2019 movies. Why not? But we got to have to, right? Fuck. It's, if because it's the best, not, it's the best. It's that the best. is also my, my best, yeah. the best foreign yeah. movie of the, of the decade. It's the best. Parasite, It's yes. just the best. I mean... I mean, we could dick around and, like I said, say The Raid, or The Raid 2, Train to Busan. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's Parasite. You know what I mean? That third act in Parasite where, like I said, I gasped. I was like, oh, my God, like three or four times. It's the most ex- inventive, most exciting, the most dangerous, the most thoughtful uh, movie, one move of the year. It's, it's, it's Parasite. It's just, you know, it's Parasite. What can you do? What can right, you say? Right, right. So that, that'll be a little bit of a... Of a yeah. Of a free, not a freebie, a preview of our best of 2019 mm-hmm. list. Which we'll be doing at the end of the year, mm-hmm. so yeah, Parasite for sure. No, yeah, that's that's that that, that we share that movie on our favorites yeah. of twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, next on my list is a twenty sixteen movie. Once again, going going with the musical thing, uh, I am biased because I like musical stuff. Uh, Sing Street. I really enjoyed Sing Street a lot. I believe it was my favorite movie of twenty sixteen. I believe that's correct. Yes. And uh, and songs are still stuck in my head. I mm-hmm. I, I like the coming of age aspect to it, and uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. I enjoyed Sing Street a lot. I thought I thought it's uh, it was a it was a crime that it wasn't nominated for best uh, any best of the song, songs or yeah. best for best uh, uh, Academy Awards and stuff. So yeah, it just it just it did it's, it just didn't do enough for me to get a, a top ten list. No, oh, fair enough, fair mm-hmm. enough. I think that's it for me. I think that's, that's I it think, for you. I think I named all ten. Mad Max Fury Road, Tree of Life, Into the Spider Verse, right? Uh, Twenty One Jump Street, Twenty Two Jump Street, uh, Get Out, Life of Pi. Fast Five, Pop Star, Parasite, Infinity War, Slash Endgame. Yeah. The rest are sort of alternatives, uh, choices and stuff. You know what I mean? Okay. Honorable mentions and stuff. Well, I'm looking through my stuff here. And uh, Last Jedi, 
I think Last Jedi is one of my favorites of the decade. That's true. That's true. It's also because it's also because it's, because fanboys out there will never stop reminding me about Last Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, Last Jedi is fantastic. I, I gotta put that on my list. I as actually well. watched it uh, last weekend. Actually, in prepare to prepare myself for a. Uh, uh, a Sky- Skywalker, right? Rise of Skywalker, yeah. That movie slaps, man. That movie just is great. Yeah. The Last Jedi is just. Great. I actually yeah. recently rewatched Last Jedi as well, yeah. and and and, I'm, and it holds up. It's yeah. still a really good movie. Yeah. All the complaints, kind of complaints I have, have sort of dissipated. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what call Leia doing the forcing? Ah, that's fine. The casino mm-hmm. stuff still doesn't really hundred percent work for me and stuff like that. But it's it's fine. It flows better than I than I remember it. Right. The stuff with uh, what call? But that the sequence towards the end. Were Organa? No, no, wait. What's well, the, you know, we, we don't have to. You know the thing with the thing. Yeah, we're not doing. Thing. We're not doing Last Jedi right now. Who hasn't seen Last Jedi? But no, I'm just saying. There's no point. We're doing. We're it's doing. Great. We're doing our best of 2010s. It's great. We're doing it's, our best of 2010s. So, so you can to, put Last Jedi on the list. I'll put Last Jedi on my yeah. list. Yeah. I mean, there's only like a handful of Star Wars movies that came out this decade. Two. But out Three. of all no, that, a lot actually. Yeah. Rogue, Rogue, Rogue One, another one. Solo. Well, two a handful. That's literally a handful. Right. So yeah. And even yeah, but. Last Jedi deserved to be the first Star Wars movie that was really about something. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. else was just, you know, good versus bad. Very, mm-hmm. very simple, easy stuff. But mm-hmm. Last Jedi was about something, and I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised you didn't put your name in your in your top ten of the- uh Just stuff about uh, your name that doesn't quite work for me, but it's it's, it's great. I have, yeah, uh, I don't really have an anime movie of the decade, mm-hmm. in the decade. It, the closest thing would be your name. Mm-hmm. But if I had other competition, it probably wouldn't be. So, yeah. Her, so yeah, uh, honorable mention for me then. Your name. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, I could have put the big sick, but I'm not actually. No. I on. love that movie a lot, but but it isn't something that really like permeates in my head yeah. like all the time, and that's that's important in yeah. my list mm-hmm. for this one. You know, same thing with it, which is a really solid movie. Yeah. But I don't really go back to this movie as much as I thought. You mean that's a top would. ten of a movie, a top right. ten kind of a movie, right? So yeah. Uh, what else? Other stuff that are good. And you want me to go through some honorable mentions real quick? Oh, yeah, you me? can do that. Yeah, yeah, I wrote a bunch down. A Kung Fu Panda two, uh, I think, really rocks and stuff like that. I okay. think I think it's great. Yeah. Uh, uh, Toy Story three with the ending makes me always makes me cry and stuff like that. Uh, Moana was my alternative for best uh, musical and stuff like that of the decade. Moana just uh, is a great movie and stuff like that. Trade to Persona I mentioned the raid. Uh, in terms of best Kung Fu. I think you have to go with the raid over John Wick and stuff like that. Actually, I love the raid and stuff like that. And the raid Which two. one? Oh, the, the raid, raid yeah. and raid two? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The raid and, or the raid two, whatever. You, whatever Actually, you if I was going to compare raid, the, the raid and, and, and the raid two plus John Wick, mm-hmm. I might choose. I don't know. I think I'd I choose the raid. The, the raid, choose the raid. Te- technically, the raid and raid two are better mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like the action sequences mm-hmm. and the martial arts stuff. But yes. I, think, I think I like the flashiness of John Wick. Yeah. I love John Wick, and uh, but. I do feel like it. It's not necessarily negative, but it it is a Keanu Reeves vehicle. Mm-hmm. But in the raid and raid two, you you have a wide spectrum of 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 characters with different you know kung fu martial arts styles and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It highlights to me. Uh, it's a it's a wider spectrum. You know what I mean? I you know what I mean? it's it's rocks and stuff like that. I, I don't go back to the raid movies often enough. You don't? Yeah, I you, don't. Sh- you should. You should. I have. I own them. You know. Yeah. It's but I, I don't go back to them as often as you, know, you figured I would. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World I mentioned, right. and a couple of uh, movies directed by women because I have there's no women in my list. I don't, <laughs> I don't be sexist. The Farewell, which we haven't reviewed. Uh, what call it? We never did that. We never reviewed. But this to me is this is a spoiler for my 2019. 2019. But the Farewell is the most relatable movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that includes 
That includes uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, Better Luck Tomorrow. That includes Dry Luck Club. That includes some Taiwanese movies I've seen and stuff. Like that. It's by far the most relatable movie I've seen in my life. You know what I mean? Uh, Aquafina's character looks like me. Her Mandarin Chinese is just like my Mandarin Chinese. Her family looks like mine. Speaks like mine. You know what I mean? Uh, when she travels to China, it's just literally me in China and stuff. There's a moment. Uh, uh, there's a moment where she she talks to a hotel worker and she the hotel the hotel worker finds out that she's from America and he goes wow America must be a wonderful place it's must be amazing to live out there and I literally I've literally had that conversation like a, a million times in China and stuff like right. that. Whenever, whenever they find out that I'm trying you know just like the those kind of moments and stuff like that it's big thumbs up I love the farewell and also Lady Bird too yeah Lady Bird's really good yeah Lady Bird holds up in terms of just one moment there's a moment you, you, you've seen it yeah but there's no spoilers for, for Lady Bird so there's a moment where Lady Bird's mom realizes Lady Bird has been lying about where they live their economic situation and there's a look on her face that realization that just every time I see it every time I think about it it just breaks, breaks, your heart. My, it breaks my heart yeah it just devastates me every time I think about it big thumbs up for Lady Bird Lady Girl uh, uh, What's her name? Greta Gerwig, Greta Gerwig, and and Big, yeah, yeah. Lady, Lady Bird, I like a lot. I don't know, I don't know if I think about the movie as often as I probably should, but yeah, I really love the movie a lot. It was, yeah, I think it was in my top five when, when so, it yeah. came out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would like to sh- do a shout out. <laughs> now I now listen, you guys really see it, but I have I have Teen Titans go to the movies highlighted. I wanted to do a swerve and make jumping think I was going to choose that. Great movie. Great movie. But I'm not going to choose that. Underrated movie. Won't You Be My Neighbor. Oh, you son of a bitch. If there's a documentary that you need to watch this decade, watch Won't You Be My Neighbor. Fantastic. Mr. Rogers needs to be something that everybody's aware of. Mm-hmm. He's only going to do good things mm-hmm. in your head if you know who Mr. Rogers is and what he stood for. If I had to recommend a documentary, I would recommend a documentary called Mining the Gap that's on Hulu right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Oh, have you seen it? No. Oh, it's good. It's good. I thought you, you saw it. But it's a great movie about growing up in the Midwest right now as it's about the all the difficulties and problems youth have 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 right now. It's fantastic. Mining the Gap on Hulu. That's a great documentary and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That is, that is. Um, I debated whether I was going to choose Searching which is it's a great there. movie, uh, but I'm not. Let me go over some movies that are just like uh, great movies, but you know, for some reason, some movies just doesn't kick. Uh, Arrival, I think it's great. You know what I mean? It's to, to me, it speaks. It it resonates with me in terms of uh, people communicating with each other right now. Okay. In, in terms of hard work and stuff. Uh, in terms of science, especially, I think it's great. I like The Martian. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's movies like that. There's a lot of solid movies. Um, my last, my last recommendation or last favorites of the year of the decade is actually a new tradition for me that I'm going to watch at least once a year at a certain time period. And it is green book, Anna and the apocalypse. Oh, Anna and the apocalypse is a zombie right. movie. It's a musical. It's uh it's a Christmas movie, yeah. you know, and, and this is just, it's a catchy movie for me. And yeah, it's, it's a new tradition for me. I will watch the movie every Christmas time. And I really did actually. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Anna and the apocalypse, uh, one of my favorites of the decade, just because, I'm biased with musicals mm-hmm. and, and plus zombies now too. So, yeah. All right, there we go. Those are the lists. I don't remember what I said. I'll, I'll come up to it when I'm editing this video. But, yeah. Can but, you yeah. even name the 10 that you that you named it? In t- Off the top of my head? Yeah. No, probably of not. Of course not. Because again, I did the hard work. I actually wrote it down. I actually thought about it. This Sorry topic was supposed to be for next week's episode. <laughs> well, you're Asian American. You, sh- you should be working ahead. I've been busy. You should be well prepared. I, I, I've been busy. Son of a bitch. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. Those are our favorite movies of 2010s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World still rocks. And definitely check out everything you heard on this episode. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm.
Panana na. Before we move on to our next topic, just in case the listeners actually care, Jumming, where can people find you and, online? And they shouldn't care. That's the thing. They shouldn't care. You can find me on Twitter, J-I-A-M-I-N-G-L-I-O-U. And this is Albert. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Albert5x5. Uh, anything related to whowhatsworstwhy.com. If you want to send us email, don't bother. Head it to whowhatsworstwhy at gmail.com. If you want to leave us a comment, much preferred, leave it on our Instagram page, our Facebook page, or on the website itself. If you want to show your support, because we need it, head over to whowhatsworstwhy.com slash support to find out how. Best things to do is share the, share our content mm-hmm. to your friends and whatnot on social media. The more, the more it's shared, the more people get exposed to it, the more people will hopefully listen to and read our stuff. Yeah, do that. Music has been provided by the Y-Axis. Find them at theyaxis.com. All the links and information can be found at whowhatworstwhy.com. Banana. No. All right. Before we move on to spoilers of uh, The Irishman, <laughs> why should people spend three and a half hours of the time watching this? Should they? Should they, though? Should they? Jump in. Go. I think they should. I think if you're a Scorsese fan, if you're a film fan, I definitely do think you should watch it because it's, you know, you sh- you know if you take movies seriously, you have to watch Scorsese movies. And there are good stuff in it. I believe it's mostly in the middle and the, and the last half of the movie and stuff like that. Uh, but, but... If you just don't have time for a three and a half hour movie, you know, just break it up in segments and stuff like that. You know, watch an hour one day, a couple of days later, come back to it and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I give this movie a thumbs up, but it's, uh, I give it a B, but I understand if people don't want to watch it. It's, it's a bit much. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be three and a half hours. Yeah. Three and a half hours is a bit much. Yeah. And, and it, you feel that. I mean, I did. I think there, I think yeah. there are people out there that will say, "Oh, it just flies by," and I'm like, "I no, don't, it I don't, I don't feel that. Way. Not, no. <laughs> I don't feel that way no, at no. all." Uh, but yeah, if you're a fan of Serge Gazy, if you're a fan of mobster movies, gangster movies, and whatnot, uh, if you're a fan of Jimmy Hoffa, definitely, <laughs> definitely <laughs> watch the movie. Who would be a fan of Jimmy Hoffa? I don't know people who like history about Jimmy. Oh Hoffa. my god, that guy died like 40 years ago. Just saying. Or did he? Just saying. Know. This is also yeah. a nice reflection to to uh, Martin Scorsese's uh, a growth. From from mobster movies like Goodfellas and Casino, <laughs> and and now this, you know, yeah. you can actually see a nice arc that goes along with how he treats the subject matter yeah. and whatnot. And this is a good, yeah. uh, this this is a good uh, conclusion to conclusion. Because yeah. people don't did he say this is his last mobster movie? I believe so. Yeah, I think it's okay. This is a good conclusion to his to his mob movies, and 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 it's actually kind of profound on how he handled this movie. The I, way I will did. say this though, even though it's a mobster movie in the in the in the same kind of tradition as Casino, Goodfellas, but he, people don't people forget sometimes about uh, Scorsese's spiritual movies like uh, Kundun, Silence. He brings what he learned from those movies into this movie as well, especially yes. yeah, especially towards the, the the last third of the movie. As great I mean. as a director as Scorsese is, he is still learning. He is still yeah. growing, mm-hmm. and you see that in this movie. Yeah. Not only that, but this is Scorsese without a studio telling him, oh, don't do that, don't do this. Yeah. Netflix kind of let him go full maybe, hog with maybe, like, do the movie you want to make. Maybe he should have And it comes out to three and a half hours Maybe long. he should have, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe somebody should have stepped in and said, you know what, let's just trim uh, uh, 30 minutes here and there. Yeah, exactly. How, how Marty? Let's trim it. But yeah, anyways, yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and talk spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers! Warning! There you go. Okay, here we go. Uh, jumping, go ahead. I want to mention a few things before I review this movie. The first thing I want to mention is I drove 20 minutes. And I paid 10 bucks to see this movie, like an adult, like a grown-up. You know what Oh, I mean? yeah. We should mention this. Yeah. yeah. I So my opinion actually matters more than most people. You know what I mean? Because like I said, <laughs> I spent money, hard money, drove, spent time, sat there for three and a half. I didn't take a pee break. 
Actually, I think I did. Anyway, you know what I mean? And also, I want I also want to mention Scorsese is not only a great filmmaker, but I think he's in the top five of filmmakers of all time. You know what I mean? Sure. He's in the top 10, one percentile. He's fantastic. He's forgotten. You see, you hear this expression a lot, but he's forgotten more about movie cinema than I actually remember. You know what I mean? So he definitely knows more than me. He's obviously, you know, he's great. At, you know, Except for the MCU part, but yeah, But you know what I mean? He's, 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 he's incredible <laughs> talent and stuff like that. But having said all that, this movie doesn't need to be three and a half hours, man. This no, need, I did not. Yeah. Mm. And I love three and a half, three hour movies. I, after I saw this movie, I actually rewatched like the first half of Casino. That's three hours. I would not change a second of Casino. You know what I mean? I love Casino. I'm one of the people that thinks Casino is a masterpiece and stuff like that. You know what other three hour movie flies by pretty fast? Mm-hmm. Avengers Endgame. Avengers Endgame. Yeah. I wouldn't change. My biggest complaint about uh, Endgame is it was too short. Put more yeah, of that. Yeah. Put more. And so this doesn't need to be three and a half. I'm gonna start off the bad stuff first. This is th- another yeah. three hour movie that I think is actually yeah. flies by pretty fast. Titanic. Yeah. As much as people crap about Titanic, that movie goes by pretty fast for three yeah. hours for three hours. And also people keep saying this is a three hour It's not three hours, it's three twenty, okay? It's three twenty. Twenty five or something. It's yeah. too long. And here, I'm not just gonna be one of those people that says, Oh, it's too long just for the sake of saying it's too long. A movie I, I'm a I'm a, a film snob a little bit, you know what I mean? A movie should be as long as it needs to be to tell this uh, whatever the story is, you know what I mean? To convey whatever story emotion you want to be. That's how long the movie should be. But having said that, it this so it didn't need three hours, three and a half hours. There are so many scenes that repeat itself. I'll give you a couple examples. Throughout the movie, Jimmy Hoffa hates uh, the Kennedys, right? Yes. He tells everybody. He tells reporters and stuff. Like that. So when Kennedy he tells us that he tells us that he literally <laughs> tells us that. He's just so many scenes of him telling us he hates Kennedy. So, but in this one sequence, they're in a diner. They hear the news: Kennedy dies. He's the one. He's the one guy at the diner that doesn't get up. Right. You know, yeah. Him. Next thing, reporters ask him about Kennedy. He disses Kennedy. He disses his brother. You know what I mean? Next scene, he sees a flag. Uh, flying half stack on, on his building he yep. goes up there he, he flies it straight up again another disc to kennedy all right we have like 10 scenes of this how many scenes do we need of him to see uh what do you call it, kennedy we get it you're repeating the same thing you're not moving the story along scorsese wants to put oh. a point yeah <laughs> god damn it there's another sequence actually i just saw on twitter as i was kind of going through my day this they show a scene where uh what uh, the scene where uh, what uh, Robert De Niro just throwing the guns into the into the the into the river, right? And then you follow the the gun down into the water you and see all, see all the ammunition. Yeah, but yeah. in that next sequence, you see him throw a bunch of different guns. So you're conveying the same thing. You know what I mean? Well, it's a montage that he's he's killing a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. But you don't need the same thing. You say the same thing. And how many scenes do we have to have of De Niro trying to convince Jimmy Hoffa? Hey, you got you got to be a team player. Nah, I don't be a team player. You got to be a team player. Not obviously. No, Scorsese like, wants to tell us we really tried to warn him. Yeah, it's just so unselfish. Again, if the scenes are kind of redundant, if they're telling the same information of the story and the character, it's it's it's, it's you don't need it. Stop. Cut that stuff out. Just stop. Stop it. And also, the other biggest problem I had with this uh, story is uh, what with the other uh, De Niro Scorsese uh, movies. I knew exactly what the. De Niro's character is, you know what I mean? Mm. It's fantastic. I know. I just like I said, I just watched Casino. The fact that the guy's a perfectionist, the guy that thinks he can, he's smarter than everybody. He he can have everything. It's his greatest downfall. I knew exactly who that character is. This guy, I have no idea. I have no yeah, idea. I have no idea. And uh, I have no idea. He's kind of wishy-washy in every kind of thing. His biggest uh, attribute, his bi- biggest thing, is like he knows to keep his mouth shut. He follows orders, I guess. Right. Right. But that's not. Uh, like, I, 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 I feel like 
I, okay, let, yeah. I was going to mention this later, but let's yeah. let's mention it now. Yeah. So Robert De Niro's character, um, Frank, uh, Frank, let's say Frank. Frank. Yeah. He, he does seem like almost like a cipher, like he's the audience surrogate. Yeah. Right, and it was just weird because the, the the movie is based on the confession, the deadbed confession right. of the actual Frank, right. right? And it seems kind of curious that he would talk about everybody else and what everybody else did mm-hmm. and what he did, mm-hmm. but doesn't really talk about who he is. Yeah. The movie hints about it. He hints about it. But for the most part, we don't really know too much about yeah. his motivation. Mm-hmm. Heck, the first part of the movie, he just willingly joins with Russell and them. Yeah. And I'm like, where's your motivation? Yeah. Like, like, huh? I have no idea. Right? Like, like how, how are you a person that will just willingly join yeah. like the mob? Mm-hmm. Like, there's no conflict. Yeah. There's no internal struggle. It's just like, he's part and, of the mob. And, and, and begin, oh, you old? want steak? Yeah. Well, I'll get you steak. You and, way, how old is he when he begins, <laughs> at the beginning of the story? How old is he? Yeah, they call him the kid, right? Yeah. So like, he calls him a kid. I'm like, so sick? here's what yeah. I found yeah. out. Apparently, he's in his 40s, which I guess makes sense. I guess. Right? Sure. Why are they calling him the kid? Yeah. <laughs> it was so yeah. distracting to me, too. I'm yeah. like, uh, is the is the, the aging not working yeah. for this guy? Because yeah. he doesn't look like a kid. He looks like yeah. a guy in his 40s. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's in his 40s. Yeah. So, yeah, there we go. Yeah, a couple of things. Let's go back to the beginning. Why did, and why does, it, why does it begin with two, two flashbacks? It, it starts with him in the old age home. It flashes back to him... You know they're going. They're going. Uh, what do you call it? They're going to Detroit. You know to the wedding right. and stuff like that. And then they do that thing where like a like an old married couple. They look across and they oh remember when we met? And then it flashes back again. And they're doing. He's doing. Uh, he's doing Christopher Nolan's flashbacks right. where it, uh, it's a flashback and there's mon- there's today and they kind of crash at some point. They meet up at some point, yes, right? Yeah. But there's there's no real payoff to that. You know what I mean? There's no real there's no thing. You know what I mean? It the payoff is that, the payoff is when it connects together. I know, but. Does it, it doesn't have the same oomph. It doesn't have the same impact as a Crystal Nolan impact and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It just doesn't, it's irrelevant. Don't do two flashbacks. I don't just do two flashbacks. Well, I mean, you, it's more than two flashbacks. Because yeah. if, if, yeah, if, yeah, even, yeah, even yeah, if you count yeah. the World War II part, which is really yeah. small, it's a flashback within the yeah. flashback within the flashback, and yeah. there's a flashback there yeah. too. So it's like, okay. And speaking of the World War II part, we should talk about the de-aging thing, right? That one looked good. Really? I had the opposite reaction. The, World, the World War II part, I thought, I thought really? oh, he looks young. He does look young. I, I that I thought. The, yeah. well, the World War Two. I was like, wait, is this Call of Duty? What's going on here? It, it looks all <laughs> graphic-y and stuff. It looks weird. But the aging thing doesn't work. You know what I mean? It for some reason the eyes had to be gray for some reason for him. It, it was weird. Just, I don't know. There was one scene where it's like, why is wrong with his eyes? Yeah. Yeah, but the it's, thing is though is that you know they use a different kind of the aging for this, right? Than Marvel, right? Than Marvel, right? Uh, that, they are because they they said they, they, Scorsese said they did not want dots. Mm-hmm. They did not want cameras right on their heads. Yeah. So they, they, this is really a post-production of the aging. It's not good. It's not very good. It's I, very I, th- I thought it was very subtle enough mm-hmm. that that if they're going to de-age somebody who's in the 60s to yeah. his 40s, mm-hmm. I guess it kind of works. Because they, they, they don't have to cover as much yeah. like fat or skin or wrinkles. Yeah. It's just, you know, you smooth it out a little bit it, and there we go. It doesn't work. To me, it doesn't work. It looks it looks weird. It looks artificial. Yeah. It doesn't really work in that, that one sequence where he beats up the, the... People have mentioned this online. I don't want to harp on it too much. The one where he beats up the guy. It, yeah. it, you can de-age the face all you want, but then body movie. Yeah, body still movie, old, yeah. We still moves like a 70-year-old. You know what I mean? So I And also, it's just distracting. And my whole thing with the whole de-aging thing, when you, when the MCU do it, it's part of a larger, larger fantastical world. You know what I mean? It's part of a world where you get Spider-Man and Iron Man. So you kind of... Your brain just... You go with it, you know what I mean. But in a in a real world mobster kind of thing, it just doesn't work. It works better. It, I find it more believable that they hire just different actors for different, you know, different time periods. You know what I mean? Well, they should just done that. Be, besides that fact, since you mentioned yeah. MCU, the same year that Captain Marvel came out, Samuel L. Jackson looked impressive as a young person. Yeah, 
right? I mean, yeah, the body movement yeah. is still there, but he looked impressive as a young person. Yeah. You believe, oh, this guy's young. Mm-hmm. But you don't get that from, yeah. from the Irishman. Yeah. You know, which is kind of disappointing a little bit. But like I said, it's only like a 20 to 30 year gap from an old, from a middle-aged person mm-hmm. to old people. Yeah. And when they look old, I thought that was impressive. Yeah. They look really convincingly old. Yeah, the old part is fantastic. Yeah. All the good stuff I love I love the movie happens sort of like in the second half of the movie and yeah. stuff like that. I'm still I'm still on the part where I'm complaining about the movie. So the, the most of the complaints happens in the first part of the movie. First hour. Yeah, the first part where he we kind of you you mentioned the fact that he you don't get why what the motivation is for him to join the mob as he as he goes through as he moves up the rank in the mobs. Yep. And my whole thing is like, yeah, not only that, this is the stuff that you even though some of it's great. I mean, there's you, when every time they show a scam, you know what I mean, about how they fix the what do you call it, the delivery, how you get the steaks, all that stuff is great. But at, but at some point after you you've seen. Uh, casino and Goodfellas, you, you, I kind of go like, you know what? I think I can join the mob. I know how to do this. You know, I've seen this stuff a million times already. You know, what I mean? it's like I, I've, I've, again, I've seen this stuff. I don't really need to see that part of it. All the stuff I found, I'll get to the interesting stuff now. The, the part I found interesting was the stuff with, uh, what do you call it, Jimmy Hoffa? Yeah, because totally. unlike those other, Al Pacino steals this movie. Yeah, even though he overacts a little bit, but anyway. But it's Al Pacino. Where to go? But anyway, all the stuff I found interesting about this is Al Pacino because you really, I mean, I can't, the subtext is like they're they're a married couple. That's the subtext, right? They're a married couple, right? Kind they're, of, kind of, right? Because they're sharing scenes of the bedroom, you know what I mean? Together and stuff. This, you know what I mean? There's, I like the fact that uh, Al Pacino is probably a better father than uh, De Niro is to his daughter right. and stuff like that. I love that part. Of, I mean, people are shitty on it for the fact that uh, Anna Paquin doesn't have any speaking lines, but I do find there's it, a reason for that. There's it's a reason, on. yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. That's why I say it's a deliberate. She. Her relationship haunts this whole movie. You know what I mean? Is yep. she, yeah, there's no, there's no family connection. So anyway, I like the, the Al Pacino, uh, De Niro stuff because unlike those other mobster movies, you get a genuine sense of their friendship and their intimacy and stuff like that. You know what I mean? There's actual connection. And the other stuff that I like is towards the end where they're like old people. You know what I mean? Uh, when they're in the old, when they're in the prison and they're like 90, 90 years old. You know what I mean? Now he, now he, and then. Uh, Joe Pesci's character dies too, and stuff like that. He's right, all right. by himself, and he has nobody to connect with. He's the only one that's left, and stuff like that. He's just trying to connect and trying to find peace towards the end, but he can't, and stuff like that. That stuff I found interesting. Everything else, not so much. Yeah, I like I said, Al Pacino steals the movie as Jimmy Hoffa. Mm-hmm. I think I think the movie doesn't really start until Jimmy Hoffa shows up, sure. and which is why it's like you got to go through the first hour just to get it up. Point like I yeah. like people ask me like well how is it like well you just gotta go to the first hour and then yeah. it gets really good you know and Nothing. yeah all the Jimmy Hoffa stuff with the union and are all fascinating like yeah. this is stuff that I'm not completely hundred percent aware about sure. you know I I'm I'm familiar who Jimmy Hoffa is even though the movie sure. kind of jokes mm-hmm. about that young people today they don't even know who Jimmy yeah. Hoffa is something about a missing body right yeah. yeah but but all that stuff is great I I like I like the procedural aspects of him juggling the unions mm-hmm. and the mob and then the candies are involved for some reason yeah. the Cuban Music, they're all yeah, like like all that is involved for some reason. Speaking of the uh, what do you call it, the Cuban Missile Crisis, there's there's a little element of four scumping here that I didn't, yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't, <laughs> I, didn't I didn't appreciate. Again, it's not a comedy, you know what I mean? Just stop it. It's also not historically accurate either. Yeah, stop it. Yeah, there's at one point, you know, the one I'm talking about, the one with the guy with the ears. Yeah, like it's a fun, it's a funny little thing, but still. It's a little, it's a little forced yump and stuff. It's 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 all right. This is this is Scorsese he's indulging himself yeah. without a studio telling him. Yeah. Is that necessary? <laughs> yeah. Again, 
it's too much. It's just too much saying the same thing, conveying the same point. This sh- this movie should have been forty minutes shorter and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Especially if if I would be so bold to edit a Scorsese movie, I would have told this movie in chronological order. You know what I mean? No, no right. flashbacks and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, And just cut a lot of the first half stuff. You know what I mean? It's, it's, oh, I would have started with I would start the movie with him meeting uh, Jimmy Hoffa. You know what I mean? Because that's the most interesting stuff. You're right, Jimmy Hoffa. Past Jimmy Hoffa is the most interesting stuff. You know what you, what I mean? Okay, I'm I'm way off tangent here, but but. Please. This is a quote that I remember, I still remember to the day, mm-hmm. but I don't remember the source of it. Mm-hmm. It's about it's about how you don't do a flashback within a flashback, mm-hmm. you know, because because oh. that's lazy screenwriting, mm-hmm. and which is what Scorsese does here, yeah, right. So every time I see flashbacks in movies, I'm like, oh, he's yeah. he's he's a caveat. He's just doing because he's just being lazy about it. Yeah. Do you know what movie that is from? I don't know. I'm trying to think of where that quote's from. All right, yeah. I'll Google. I'll Google it later. Yeah. It's just yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. But the middle part is definitely the best part. The second act, because it's basically you got a very long one-hour first act, mm-hmm. which is the world building, setting up the characters, mm-hmm. introducing the characters mm-hmm. and whatnot, where it's going. And then mm-hmm. when Jimmy Hoffa shows up, that's the second act. That's the actual meat of the story. Yeah, because that's that's when Robert De Niro just Frank realizes that hey, he's in the mob, but now he has his friend, quote unquote friend, yeah. who who who's kind of not really who's involved with the mob, but not really. Yeah, and like 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 his daughter. She likes him more because he kind of takes care of people while right. Russell does not. Mm-hmm. I was really glad that nothing really sinister happened between Russell and the daughter. Oh, yeah. Because no, it, it always seemed like Russell was kind of jealous that, hey, oh. she likes him more than he, she mm-hmm. likes you kind of mm-hmm. thing. But nothing came out came about that, yeah. which is great. Uh, yeah, I think the, uh, yeah, I, the message I took from it is that, yeah, Jimmy Hoffa uh, is a better uh, is a better. Uh, not only a better uh, a father figure, but like a better husband too. You know what I mean? Because there's because uh, what do you call it? Uh, Frank uh, has an affair. You know what I mean? He 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 he's actually married to his mistress at the, at the end of the movie, right? right? And stuff like that. And also, you know, you see Jimmy Hoffa with his full family and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, and and never got like a per- perverted thing. I think yeah. it's, I think the point of the movie is like Jimmy Hoffa, despite whatever flaws you might uh, attribute to him. He is a family man. He's a decent person. Stuff like that to his family. Stuff like that. he he's like the father. If there's any jealousy, is the fact that is the fact that Frank is jealous of the fact that Jimmy Hoffa is a, just a better. No, no, no not not, yeah. not Frank is jealous of, of Jimmy Hoffa. Russell. Oh, Russell. Oh, I, Russell. Oh, because uh, Russell was yeah. always uh, Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Yeah. He's always trying to like get the affection of yeah, his yeah, daughter, yeah. right? But but she doesn't really like him because he knows she knows what oh, okay, he yeah. is, right? Mm-hmm. But then she doesn't see the same. She doesn't feel the same way about Jimmy Hoffa. Oh, okay, yeah. you know, gotcha. and, and it was always kind of weird. And I was like, like I'm hoping it doesn't come to a head where oh, yeah, yeah. where Russell takes revenge for mm-hmm. that jealousy mm-hmm. kind of thing. But and it was never really brought up. Quite mm-hmm. honestly, I just kind of the impression I got. Yeah, and Joe Pesci is great too. Oh, he's he's, he's great, great in this yeah. one. He it, it's an uh, it, especially if you watch the other uh, the Scorsese Pesci movie and stuff like that. Yeah, he yeah especially he, Goodfellas. Yeah, he's the one that actually plays the reasonable one. He's a, he's the one that plays a peacemaker in this one. So like he's he's really good. He's really fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and he does, he's not the one who who's. I guess I guess Joe Pesci said that he didn't want to be in a role where he has to play a loud character, mm-hmm. especially with, if Al Pacino is in the movie. Yeah. Because that's, that's Al Pacino's job mm-hmm. to be the loud character, yeah. and and quite honestly, yeah, he, Al Pacino was the loud character, but he was fun to watch in this movie. Yeah. I really had a lot of fun watching him. But I like I like how intimidating Joe Pesci's character was in this movie, and mm-hmm. and and it, it seemed like from the beginning to the end, he kind of stayed the same. Mm-hmm. He was intimidating, but he can be your friend, yeah, right. And, and you can kind of see that he actually does have affection with Frank, mm-hmm. like, but he still treats Frank like an underling, yeah, like, hey, kill him for me, kind of thing. Yeah. We, don't, we don't say mm-hmm. those words, right? Yeah, the really effective scenes are the ones at the end where they're in the prison. So, yeah, they're, yeah, that scene where Russell is it Russell? Uh, 
Yeah, Russell. And he says, you know, hey man, hey fuck Jimmy Hoffa. I I chose us. You know, we we are right. Probably, you know, yeah, you know, it, was it, it is the impression that, that yeah. if if Frank did not kill Jimmy Hoffa, both of them would die. It was the it was, yeah. It was, it was one of him or him or us. I chose us and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah it, I, I think that's it's really great because you see the fire in him, but you also see that like you met, you you said you see the he's fragile and stuff like that at the end. You know, his body's breaking. He has no teeth at that part. You know what I mean? I all the good a lot. I love the stuff that at the end when when. You, when you see these mobsters in a different context at the end of their life, you know what I mean? Right. Because throughout the movie, every time there's a, a, a mobster, they flash to how they die. How they die. And right. every time they, they do that, that thing, it's a very violent death. Yeah. People get sh- shot multiple times. But what happens when they survive? If they if they right. don't get shot, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? What happens to them? You know, what happens when they keep, when you keep chasing a dragon? But it's, it's over. All those people are dead now, you know what I mean? You could, you see, the, the movie can also argue that all these people where they do the caption, like, oh, he died at this violent mm-hmm. way kind of thing. It's like a romanticized version of the mob life. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm going to yeah. go down shooting my mm-hmm. gun. I'm going down in flames kind of thing. Well, mm-hmm. but in reality, like what happened with Russell and Frank, they just died of old age. They just died. Yeah. Right? So it, it, it's like, it was a very boring kind of like, what's the, what was the point of all this? Mm-hmm. Right? And we just, we just bring them to the point, before we get to the actual meat of the, the movie, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, let's just go there. Mm-hmm. So the best sequence in the movie is the death of Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, right. Because that, that yeah. re- this is when Scorsese really took his sweet time. Yeah, that's, the, yeah. yeah. This is the one where we're okay with him indulging himself. Because yeah. the journey from 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 the from the bed and breakfast where they're eating breakfast to get, hey, you gotta go to Chicago, yeah. right? Yeah, Chicago. Like, like you have to go to Chicago, and and just just the the procedure of him from the break from the break from the like in three hours span. Yeah. You're gonna have breakfast. You're gonna go on a plane. Yeah. You're gonna head to Chicago. Yeah. It, the, the whole sequence is fantastic. It's very brilliant. Yeah, because yeah. you start off with like, oh, they don't, they don't have to be involved, and then the mo- the whole sequence starts with them just having breakfast alone, you know. And then he's getting coffee. He's getting you know cereal and stuff like that. But then you know, uh, the guy says, you know, you got to get, we have to get on a plane. You have to get on a plane and get going. Yeah, he flies on a plane. He gets down. He he has a conversation about the fish. And stuff like that, you know what I mean? Okay, fish right. Well, you know the fish. That was very Pulp Fiction esque. Yeah, Pulp, yeah. Like it felt, it went out, it came out of nowhere. Like yeah. you're talking about, uh, why is the seat in the back yeah. wet? You know, it's like I thought it was yeah. like, is it Pulp Fiction? Yeah. And also, <laughs> also, and also, a nice little touch is like Frank. He won't sit on the front passenger side because he knows what, what might he happen. knows what happens when you sit in the front passenger. Side. From every, not only from this movie, but from every monster movie, if you sit in that seat, you know what I mean. He won't sit there and stuff like that. Yep. And then, uh, and then he, he, it's an interesting choice where he doesn't Scorsese doesn't make. Him, the fact that he has to kill uh, Jimmy Hoffa very melodramatic. It's not like right. a whole thing. Like you know, there's no close up of his face like convicting, like crying. Yeah. He just matter of factly, you know, shoots him like just like that. So and and I didn't realize this until I saw it later on on Netflix. But that's the that's the opening shot. You know what I mean? Uh, what do you call it? Al Pacino's death. Uh, Jimmy Hoffa getting shot at the be- at the beginning. You actually that's the first thing you see. You know what I mean? That that uh, he paints walls. You know, right before that sequence, you, you see him and death. So anyway. So, so anyway, so that's he I paints like houses. He paints houses and stuff, like that. Yeah. and I like that. And then he, I like the fact that it finishes with him getting back on the plane and then going back to in the car getting the sunglasses. That that part works. That, that that's great stuff. Yeah, you also notice how Al Pacino, actually, Jimmy Hoffa, actually figured out what was going what was going to happen. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But in the back of his head, he never realized Frank was gonna, was going to do it. That's like a little. Wasn't he about to say like, "We got to get out of here." Yeah, right? so he's he's gotta, bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a little. That's letting the. Cause that's a that's that's a to me that's a callback to uh, 
Goodfellas. You know what I mean? When the guy, uh, uh, Frankie, uh, Joe Pesci character gets shot in Goodfellas, he gives him that extra beat, though. You know what I mean? Because right. that one, he says, oh, shit. This one, he says, oh, let's get out of here. You know, give him an extra beat to realize what happens. But, so that's when the timelines converge. But like I said before, it just doesn't, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't. Anyway. Anyway. But what, what was the point of having, like, like buff Jason Schwartzman uh, be in that scene, though? If he wasn't even going to be the one to kill Jimmy Hoffa, or was he just uh, insurance just in case he doesn't fall through? I guess, but the, the point, the one I didn't. And understand. where did they find above Jason Schwartzman look like? <laughs> the, the thing that confused me is like, so Jimmy Hoffa's stepson or adopted son was in yeah, on the movie? that's I, messed up. That's what. So that's, he doesn't even know. I'm guessing what, what 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 was going on there. But he doesn't know what he was going on. So they told him afterwards. And then he just sort of went along with it. Is that what it was? I no. know they covered it later on in like a voiceover, but is that what? Is that no, what but I, I, I think all he knew was that he was taking them to a meeting. Right. He didn't realize the, what was the point of the meeting. Right. And then I think after the fact, he has no choice because he's already part of the family and the crime, the crime family, and like what else is gonna do, right? He's already, he's already yeah. implicated essentially yeah. to his I own guess. father's death. Right. That's the reason why Frank was said. Like I, I felt I for felt, him, I felt the most sorry for. Yeah. Kind of thing. There are sequences, I mean, even though, like I said, this is not my favorite sequences, but there are flashes of Strasese's brilliance and stuff. And that was one of them. Yeah, that's one of them. The one, the death of uh, the the young mobster, the Italian mobster. Oh, right. That's pretty brilliant. The one where he shoot the guy, uh, the Harry Schwartzman guy, he gets shot, he gets shot in the eye. And then you, and then I like that voiceover where he says, you know what? We did shoot him because he went to the court, but then you realize it was a regular court appointment. So, whoops. You know no, no, no. It was, it was, yeah, it was just a regular. He also told somebody. I said that somebody never told anybody. Oh yeah, else. that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he had a legitimate reason for going, but he got shot anyways. Oh, poor guy. And stuff like that. Yeah, but like I said, all the good stuff I liked, especially when it was De Niro, closer to his own age. You know, when yeah. he's in a wheelchair. Like I said, he's all by himself. He tries to communicate with Anna Packard. He can't. He's all alone. He's trying to talk to the priest and stuff like that. But he can't connect with the priest. Apparently, the priest ad-libbed all that stuff. Oh, really? That's good. Yeah, because he said he said that the the way it was written doesn't sound natural. Like I wouldn't be saying this stuff. Yeah. So he actually yeah, did it like right. a normal like a normal yeah. priest would do. And I like the stuff with the FBI. The FBI ch- t- goes to him and says, "Listen, we like, just want closure for Hoffa's family. So right. that's all we we can, what do we do with you? You know what I mean? You're the you're like ninety years old. We're not gonna throw you to prison. All your accomplices, they're all dead anyway. You're all by yourself, and you still wouldn't rat them out, or you didn't tail on them. And I like the fact that. Even though, I don't know, did you like the last shot with, uh, what do you call it, he doesn't want the door closed and stuff like that? Yeah, it, it, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I see, what is the reasoning behind the, not the, I know, I know Jimmy Hoffa did that. Yeah, it's a callback, yeah. But why? I think it's just like, he doesn't, he, at that point, why did, why did Jimmy Hoffa do it? And is it the same motivation that uh, Frank does it? Is it just that they don't want to be alone? Is it just, because that's why you want the door open, right? Because he's inviting people to come in? Not to shoot them, but just like to, to the fact that that would make sense though, because I mean, part of the themes of the movie is loneliness. Yeah, right. To me, like they, they found they found a camaraderie in, in being in the mob, even mm-hmm. though it's it's toxic for them for them yeah. and their families. But but it's, it's in a, the end, they just they just they're just lonely. It, yeah, it, yeah. It's a, it's a it's 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 a false intimacy. We keep the lo- if you keep the door, but there's a chance that people might come in. You can hear the outside noise. You know, what I mean? it's some sort of connection to the world, right? You know what I mean. That's that's why I took that's why I took from took away from it and stuff like that because the the final scene also ends with right before Christmas right mm-hmm. so the priest says oh I'll be af- I'll be back after the holidays so he's gonna be the Frank's gonna be there all by himself the probably a lot of staff is gonna leave and stuff like that so he wants the door open just so, just so he has some outside contact with the you know so he's less lonely and stuff right that's my takeaway from it I, so, thought, I thought it was very touching so yeah. the the main theme that I wanted to tackle with with Frank's character with how why he's such a kind of like a cipher 
Because mm-hmm. I think he is supposed to be the audience surrogate on people who like mob movies, like mm-hmm. gangster movies, yeah. and who romanticizes yeah. those kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like, wouldn't it be great if you were yeah. part of that kind of family and, ooh, isn't, yeah. isn't it exciting? Yeah. But the conclusion of the movie is that you end up alone mm-hmm. and, and, and yeah. old, and there was really no point in it, yeah. plus you lose your family. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why Anna Paquin's character doesn't really have a lot of lines because mm-hmm. he's so disconnected with his family that he doesn't know who they are. We don't know who they are yeah. and, 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 because he doesn't know who they are. Right. Yeah. The, that's the other, that's, thank you. That actually reminded me of another point I, I like about the movie. Uh, in Cassine, uh, oh, I'm sorry. In Goodfellas, it, he, the, the, the cipher is Ray Liotta's character and he, he treated the mob life like rock stars, you know, like a big rock star life and stuff like that. In this one, yeah, it's much more uh, of a realistic approach in the sense that he, he's he, what he's saying is, and Scorsese is saying is like these people. You know what? At the end of the day, these people are very small and petty people and stuff like that. You know what I mean? There's Jimmy Hoffa arguing with the other union guy, and all the guy wants an apology for calling him you guys and stuff like that. You right, know what I mean? right. There's yeah. a lot of I I was I was listening to the dialogue. I was watching like there's a lot of small and petty things going on. You know what I mean? Yep. A lot of stuff that Jeremy Hoffa they just want an apology, and he's he's holding a grudge for like years about wanting an apology. And there's a lot of sequences where he says, "Hey, you tell that guy to tell me to tell to help to, to you tell him for me." I said this. You know what I mean like high school stuff? You know what I mean? Instead of directly going at the person, you know what I mean? There's a lot of small and petty and 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 uh mean uh mean girls high school. stuff type level yeah. stuff you know what i mean that's uh, that's to me another point of this movie it's not uh, if godfather was mythologizing the the mobs like you know what i mean like the gods mean, r- romanticizing, romanticizing it, it yeah. mythologizing it mythologizing it you know sure I mean? why not and also goodfellas is like the rock star approach to it this mm-hmm. is a this is a completely different approach and stuff it's just yeah. they're just people you know with pet they're small and petty they you know what i mean it's good that's why i like that the the the, the killing scenes are nice and quick because it, it it doesn't glamorize that kind of like, hey, you want to be in a shootout? You yeah. know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't glamorize. It's like nice and quick and very, very cold and, mm-hmm. and very procedural where it just happens, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 this, this is what I meant by Scorsese's growth from like the days of Goodfellas Casino sure. into this movie where it's like telling the audience, hey, you're not supposed to romanticize being a monster. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. They're just people. They're just people like you and me and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's good. I mean, like I said, it didn't need to be three and a half hours. It didn't but, have to be treated. But there's some good stuff in it. There's, there's some really good stuff in it. The first, the first hour could definitely be edited down. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, nothing to do with uh, the length. I mean, length, a movie's length is just arbitrary and stuff like that. It's, it can be as long as it needs to be, but it didn't. Just like so many scenes repeat itself, so many things that, you know, doesn't advance the story or the character and stuff like that. So, yeah. And like I said, the, my other biggest problem is like the Frank character. Like I said, it doesn't have a. Especially when compared to the previous work, I have no idea who. Uh, Frank's point of view, his his uh, his inner thought, yeah. his and, and, and it yeah. does seem like it is on purpose because he's supposed to be like the audience. Yeah, that's not very compelling, though. Yeah, it's yeah. not very compelling, though. Yeah, yeah I, like, agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Like, I kind of wanted more. I kind of wanted more. I know they already played around with the whole like like uh, uh, Jimmy Hoffa and Frank has like a, a brotherly relationship mm-hmm. that's different than his brother relationship with Russell. Right. You know, I kind of wish they played off with that more than they actually did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, but then there we go. Uh, that's three hours. Oh, I actually mentioned I watched this on Netflix on my 55 inch TV. Mm-hmm. I did not watch it in theaters, and I did have a break at one point because my, because Jessica wanted to have dinner. I don't know. That's pretty much it. Yeah. You know, I was I was gonna watch it. Yeah, lying down on my sofa watching mm-hmm. it three and a half hours straight, mm-hmm. but in a, in a dark room and just watch it. I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but there's a tweet by somebody after after uh, it came out on Netflix 
where he kind of broke it down into actually three segments. Uh-huh. It, 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 so like a miniseries. And I, I was looking at the, the breaks and stuff. It actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, mean, I figured we, it would be. I mean, yeah, for, for me, it looks like a six-part miniseries. Yeah. Really, more than a three-part miniseries. You know, you've heard how Hateful Eight has been re-edited by... Tarantino, yeah. Tarantino. It took like a four-part yeah. miniseries, right? This, that's what this is, basically. They should have done that, yeah. 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 Either make this a miniseries, or like I said, a lot of the... First part of the movie kind of cut out and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, the first part was like a slog for me actually. Yeah. Like, 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 when does it kick in? When does it get exciting? Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, and, but yeah. Okay, all right. Thanks for listening. This was episode two hundred and sixty-six of the Stuff and Junk Show. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, this has been a podcast on the Who at Worst Why Network. Oh.